The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon and welcome to America's Web Radio. You're listening to Desert Remembering, Desert Shield, and Desert Storm, and we have our host on, Lieutenant Colonel Retired, Philip Forsberg. And Philip, how are you doing today? I'm well, David. Good. How are you doing today? I'm just waiting on the storms to come in, I guess, and um, wishing they were in Texas instead of coming to Georgia. We need the rain in Texas. So whoever's out there that's from Texas, you can uh, add to our little prayer, I guess. And, uh, you know, we always start our shows with uh, we're, we're a little bit different in what we do. And um, we start our shows with uh, a thought and prayer for those that have served, our veterans. And then we... Uh, also remember the folks that are serving today and keeping us safe. And uh, then we have our little re- little treat after that. And so what we're going to do first is uh, just take a few moments to think about all the folks that uh, have served and are act- on active duty now. And uh, we'll be back in one minute. Thank you. And uh, we're going to go to our part that always keeps us going. Okay, we had to get going with our Jody, and I think everybody's ready to go and jump into the show, Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And it's amazing. We had a Vietnam veteran on the other day, Phil, that uh, uh, concurs that uh, people have already started to forget Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And uh, he was just thankful to you know, return and has seen things turn around as compared to when he came back from Vietnam. And uh, I hope folks across the country will appreciate the fact that what when the individual, be it a man or woman, raises their hand, 
they're committing themselves, but they're all, all they're also committing to the United States, which is a lot of a lot of folks, and a lot of folks don't appreciate the commitment that these people make. And uh, we're going through it right now in our family, as you well know. And uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, when a when an individual has raised their hand and they go in and they're deployed, it's the whole family, no matter whether it's just a spouse or a spouse and one or two or three kids or whatever, they're all deployed in their own way. And uh, with that, we'll probably be having some more deployments. So let's get into the show in Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And... uh, find out too if you don't know or you haven't listened to the show before lieutenant colonel retired phil farsberg is also a service officer with the dav and what does that mean well it means that phil is open to for business to help veterans and veteran families find out all the benefits the veterans have and they're getting more and more, thank goodness, more and more, well, not quite daily, but frequently, and uh, rightly deserved. So, Phil, I'm going to open it up for you. Well, thank you, David. <clears throat> and I, I uh, yeah, thanks for pointing out the, uh, the role of the service officer. Uh, and I want folks to know that, you know, we don't charge anything for the service that we do. But the VA... Uh, is kind of a well it's a big bureaucracy and you know folks who uh, spent their young life uh, blowing things up and uh, managing violence toward an end sometimes uh, get very very frustrated very quickly with the VA and uh, it's just uh, it's good to have somebody who can navigate the bureaucracy and uh, provide Oh, we used to call it top cover for you, uh, you know, as you go through the process. Uh, <clears throat> I've seen many examples of, you know, things done wrong by the VA, but also I've seen a lot of examples of, uh, you know, the VA kind of extending the extra effort to, to uh, help the veteran. But sometimes, you know, when they're doing that, they, they speak a bureaucratic language that the, that the veteran is not really familiar with. Um, and so it, it's very helpful to have somebody who, who can interpret uh, things like the decision letters that come back. Uh, sometimes they'll tell you your claim is denied, but here's a roadmap for success. But if you don't, <clears throat> if you don't really know what you're looking at, uh, then it, it can be uh, very difficult and frustrating. Do you, uh, Phil, do you think it's gotten any better in the past five or six years, and do you see that it will get better in the future? Well, um, without going political, I'll say that uh, Donald Trump, uh, he put his money where his mouth was when it came to helping veterans, and uh, he really put the fear of God in these folks. Uh, and motivated them to get the job done. And uh, <clears throat> so I saw things speed up quite a bit. 
uh, we got our new president, things started to slow down a bit. I think he's in trouble politically, and so he's probably going to uh, emphasize, you know, service to veterans for the uh, for the VA and try to um, accelerate things as well. Uh, but you know, time will tell. It'll it'll wax and wane, you know, in uh, in speed and efficacy, but. Uh, you know, <clears throat> what I tell veterans is it's uh, the key to success with the VA is uh, persistence. And, uh, you know, if you take no for an answer, that's going to be the answer. But if, you know, if you dig down into it and see and really build your case properly, you do very well. Good information to know. And again, uh, for both the veteran and the veteran's family, Go and talk to a service officer, and uh, it doesn't have to be Phil. It can be anybody from the American Legion, Veterans of Foreign Wars, just on and on and on. Any of the service organizations have service officers, and they can be there. Well, I don't know how much you weigh, Phil, but you could be worth your weight in gold, I know. (laughs) Well, let's just say it's a lot more. It's a lot more uh, value in gold uh, since I come back from Desert Storm if you were to pay me in gold because, uh, well, gold's gone quite up a bit since then, and so have I. <laughs> well, but, you know, it's important. The benefits are there, and they're there to be taken advantage of, and they're there for you that served and that's the important thing. And, um, you know, if, if you have a question, you don't feel comfortable uh, about anything, you can contact us at the station and we'll get Phil or another service officer involved in working with you. And that's the important thing is if you don't start, you'll never finish. And you've got, you've got to start and start today or tomorrow. And the sooner you get started, the sooner you'll have results and the happier you'll be. And this goes, you know, everything from uh, college benefits or school benefits to burial benefits. A lot of uh, spouses don't realize that their, their spouse has, that served has burial benefits. And... Uh, you know, it just there's just so many things out there that uh, call your service officer, get a hold of a service officer. So we've got uh, we we've talked about it off and on, and and uh, we're looking at the continuation of the Ukraine situation. But I've got to throw out that I think one of the dumbest thing that's ever been done by a president is let me ask you phil this is hypothetical where would the military be today without the reserves well uh they would they would be a one-legged man in a butt kicking contest if you would the uh the the reserves and the guard forces uh, provide invaluable uh, contribution to our national defense. Uh, it's just 
you know, how could you put a how could you put a uh, a price on that <clears throat> kind of sacrifice? And uh, you, know, I, you know, I spent a lot of time in the regular army, and I spent a lot of time doing make work stuff, and uh, most of my time, <clears throat> I think, in the regular army, I spent either preparing for an inspection or writing reports or writing remedial actions from inspections and uh, you know uh, you get pretty tired of that in, you know in the reserves and the guard those folks uh, you know they're there uh, to do the service but uh, you know just call me when you need and uh, don't give me so much make work stuff <laughs> and uh, you know, know they- and they Excuse me. They have they have a name, and it's called reserve. Now, reserve yeah. means you're there if we need to call you up for an emergency. And what's going on with Mr. Biden and his depleting our oil reserve is just beyond the. It, it's it's appalling, and. Uh, to say that that's going to lower gas prices, he's blowing in the wind. And, you know, we have an oil reserve because if push came to panic and we couldn't get our oil out, we couldn't, we needed it because somebody's invaded or we needed it for whatever reason, that's why it's been there, the reserve. And I'm just... I'm blown away that more congressmen haven't stood up and objected to <laughs> depleting our oil reserve. It's just crazy. Well, David, it's called a strategic petroleum reserve, which means it's used for strategic purposes. And, you know, supposedly <clears throat> it was put in place for strategy for national defense and not for political strategy. But it seems that's how it's being squandered. And there's no reason for it. We have uh, plenty of petroleum here, uh, and we can, uh, you know, we, we have proven that we can be an oil exporter uh, and meet all our needs, domestic needs, and be an oil exporter. I don't know why you would shut that down and then... <clears throat> turn right around and enrich uh, the Russians and uh, just encourage them to uh, hold stranglehold on Europe. And i got to tell you, uh, I can't think of a nation uh, more foolish than the the Germans thinking that they're going to get away from all nuclear power. Hmm. Their wind power is a joke. uh, And then they're They've become completely dependent on uh, Russian energy, and it, it's uh, you know it's just inviting what, what's happened. Ray Charles could have seen that one coming. <laughs> exactly, and you know this is uh, well st- strategic reserve. Yes, I, I I agree with you on that, but it, it was it's just. A dumb move, and we've just like you said, we have, we were energy independent under Trump, and we can be again, and we have plenty of oil. We have more oil than any other country in the world under our feet, and 
it can be, you know, it's like uh, I think uh, Newsmax was doing a thing on it and on oil. And uh, they were in my part of the world, Midland, Texas, and uh, talking to some of the operators. And it's not the fact that we can't produce oil. It's what we do with it after we pull it up out of the ground. And right now, Biden has cut off our ability to put it into pipelines and get it to the refineries. And this is just, you know, adding insult to injury in in Afghanistan. I don't think that Mr. Biden has made a right move yet, nor do I think he will. And... Excuse me. With that, we're going to have to take our first break. We'll be back right after this. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on, 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 on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m., for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Desert Shield, remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm show with our host, Lieutenant Colonel Retired, Philip Forsberg. And uh, Philip and I were just talking about the importance of the reserve. And um, no matter how... Or what it's attached to, reserve means reserve and the ability to call it up when you need it. And uh, I, I'm not pleased with where or what's happening with the oil reserves right now. Uh, I would say we're in a the most tenuous position we've been in in years, and um, hopefully we'll never have to call on it. But if we do, I hope it's there to call on. So, how do you? I feel? would say another thing, <clears throat> David. Sure. Uh, we really ought to um, permit the, the construction of some new uh, oil refineries. Um, they've been environmentally regulated to the point where I don't think we've uh, we built a new refinery since 1973. And uh, you know, we we really desperately need more refineries. Uh, I used to spend a lot of time in Alaska, and they paid huge amounts of uh, huge price for their uh, gas up there because of 
the, all the petroleum that was being pumped out of the ground in Alaska and out of the ocean, I guess, was uh, had to be sent down to California to be refined and then shipped back as gasoline. Uh, they were they were paying uh, premium prices for their gasoline up there, even though they're flush with oil. I couldn't agree with you more, and this is where we've got to end this thing of the tail wagging the dog, and this is exactly how I feel about woke and wokeism. They can take all of that and shove it in a dark place. Uh, we have the we're the most envir- environmentally conscious country in the world, and. I I agree with you 200%. We should have at least another refinery in Texas, like you said, one in Alaska, and uh, make that two in Texas. But we have to have the pipelines to get to the refineries, and the pipelines are the safest of any transportation. They've proven that over the years, time and time again. Much safer than the rail, much safer than on the highway. Get the oil to the refineries. Pardon me, sir. And, and efficient as well. Much more efficient than rail or, or highway. Oh, no question about it. And, um, you know, we were, we Trump proved that we could be energy independent. And we can be, but it's going to take some changes, and it's going to take it's going to take the woke waking up, and they can go ride their bicycles anywhere they want to, but uh, when they want to drive, they're going to be just like the rest of us. So I totally we're totally as far as I'm concerned, and the station is concerned. Uh, woke is not the answer, and these green well, I think, winnies. I think, pardon me. I think that agenda is losing a lot of steam lately. I certainly hope so, and uh, you know, we've done okay as a country for 240 years without woke, and I bet we could do another 240 years without them. And uh, I hope people will start waking up to that fact and get rid of them permanently. And also, I think we should, as long as I'm on my soapbox and I have you to back me up and correct me, uh, we should get rid of the professors in our universities and colleges that are supporting woke or supporting the left. They're not moderates. They're left-wing, and they're going towards socialism and communism. And we should start identifying them in our colleges and universities and getting rid of them as quickly as we can. Well, um, you know, David, tying this uh, petroleum thing back to Desert Storm, um, that was the whole uh, impetus for us to get involved over there was... uh, Saddam was seeking to have a stranglehold on uh, on the world's petroleum assets. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd taken Kuwait and it was gonna. It looked like he was gonna move on Saudi Arabia, and uh, you know, he just couldn't allow that. 
Um, and, uh, you know, probably one of the greatest things he did for uh, uh, saving Americans from having to go mop things up overseas is produce our own petroleum. And, uh, you know, I remember a lot of people saying at, at the time that we were going to Desert Storm uh, <clears throat> that, uh, you know, that their saying was no blood for oil, whatever. Well, I, you know, I had, I had a truck with a 401 V8 engine and it would pass anything but a gas station. I felt like I had to go uh, just so I could afford to fill it up. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like they gave me an option to go or not. So. Right. Um, you know, it's... You know, you're one of those people, been there, done that, and you know what you're talking about, whereas the... Millennials or whatever we are calling them today, they haven't been there. They haven't raised their hand to join the military, and they don't know what they're talking about. And that's the same with the uh, many of the professors in school. They may think they know it because they read something about something, but they don't know what they read. And uh, there's a lot more to life than just reading a book. It's and well, I don't but, disagree I will, with. I will say. There are plenty of young people today that have raised their hand and that are on Freedom's Frontier out there. Um, so I, I very much appreciate them. But I do recall coming back from Desert Storm and people saying, we shouldn't have gone in there. And I just look at them and say, I, I didn't realize you were there. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, well, I, I really wasn't, but... <laughs> I, I stayed home and, and decided that we shouldn't be over there. Yeah, I was at the mall. It's incredible. You know, you, it's it's interesting in life, though, Phil, that, that the biggest quote-unquote experts have no clue what they're talking about. I think our last, uh, with the COVID outbreak, we found that our infamous doctor that thought he knew everything and was telling everybody that he knew what he was talking about doesn't even see patients he hadn't seen a patient in years and well you know when i was when i was flying for airlines uh if you weren't a particularly good pilot they made you the chief pilot to keep you away from the airplanes you know if you uh you're not particularly good at medicine maybe Maybe administration or bureaucracy would be your forte. Tell other people how to practice medicine. Right. <laughs> when you don't have a clue. <laughs> but this, uh, you know, the, the sad part is, and this is why we do the shows that we do, and it, and it sounds like we're against everything. We're not. We're trying to be advocates for, not against, but try to trying to wake people up to the fact that just because you say you are, that doesn't make you. And uh, it's it's something that, it's sort of like our situation today. We're getting what we paid for. I didn't vote that way. You didn't vote that way, or I don't think so anyway. But we're getting what others thought was going to be a free ride. Well, yep. as, as you and I have learned over the years through experience, there are no free rides, 
and you know we've got somebody in there that's never held a job never ever held a job well but certainly not in the private sector no and but it's uh, not like you hadn't made a lot of money <laughs> you most certainly have well so is his son yeah of course. But i uh, think that's called yeah. peddling influence yeah well uh you know, I mean, we got people like uh, Hillary Clinton running around telling us what's wrong with America. There's a person who's never held a public trust she hasn't violated. That's right. So, and, you know, when it comes down to it, I don't really blame anybody but the American people that didn't and haven't taken the time to check and make sure of what they're wanting and what they're voting for. And with that being said, we're going to have to take another one of those stuffy breaks. We'll be back right after this. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio, live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives. As a decorated Marine helicopter pilot and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad, or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm with our host, Lieutenant Colonel Retired... Philip Forsberg. And, Philip, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for doing this show and your service both in the military and now as a service officer with the DAV. Uh, you're, you're quite an American individual, and I don't know that I can get the whole country to thank you, but at least I can get... David Moxley to thank you and thank you for doing the show and the importance of remembering where you served and where many others served and our vets across the world. I appreciate that, David. I, I uh, you know, when I when I see these vets and I and I get their claims put in and you know they thank me and and I just tell them, listen, this is my way of showing you when I say thank you for your service that I really mean it. You know, this is, as we've mentioned in most shows, one is that 
You know, when you when you're at the airport or wherever you might be, and you see somebody wearing a a vet's cap, a VFW hat, cap, or I served on the USS, thank them for their service, and they do appreciate it. Or buy them a dinner, buy them a meal, or if you see somebody in uniform, do the same thing. And as I've mentioned many times before, they will appreciate it, but it'll make you feel a whole lot better than even it makes them feel. And, you know, everybody likes to be appreciated, and this will this will make you feel so good I guarantee it that uh, you'll have a smile on your face the rest of the day because you've done something nice for someone that's done something very nice for you, whether you know it or not. But our military is obviously our front line of defense, and the people that decide to go in, they're doing it for you. And... We, we have to remember them, and we also have to appreciate them today. So do it. I'll, uh, I'll tell you, David, uh, on that note, I've seen uh, back, oh, this is probably 2003, 2004 time frame, traveling on an airplane. Um, there was uh, this fella, I, I saw he was sitting in first class, and a soldier came on in uniform. And he stood up, and he swapped tickets with the with the soldier, and he had him sit there, and he went and sat in his coach seat in the back. And uh, got to talking to that uh, fellow who did that, and, uh, you know, he, he was uh, working for a company who was obviously very successful, and they were paying for his first-class ticket, but he was also a Vietnam veteran. Hmm. And... Uh, <clears throat> So he did that uh, to kind of pay back for what he experienced coming home. You know, <laughs> I love those stories. And this is, uh, this is exactly why we do, you know, the shows that we do. And it's uh, just like I always ask our guests, can they, can they name one vet? that can tell one story and it's impossible and you know what that meant to like I said the guy that got up and gave the seat he felt as good if not better than the soldier or the military person that he gave it to because I can guarantee you that wherever they were traveling wherever the military person was traveling particularly if they were going home, that's really what they had in their minds. But I'm sure that uh, military person appreciated it, and the guy that did it probably felt extremely proud of himself, and, and which he should. And that's recognizing the military, our veterans, and the people that raise their hands for you, the citizen. And for our flag. And I want to extend that to our first responders as well. Uh, they do one heck of a job. And um, I also, there's no way for any of us to know when a spouse is going through the airport or, you know, but when, 
one of the family members is deployed, they're all deployed. And this is something I'm learning day in and day out, and even more so. And you've probably found this true, too, haven't you, Phil? Yeah. Yeah, it, it interrupts life for everybody in the family. And yet, I'm here to tell you, there is help for the person left behind or the the wife and kids or whatever the situation might be. And there are people that they can reach out to for help. And um, there's there's just all sorts of... And, and this is something that uh, uh, Dutch, my Viet, the Vietnam veteran that was on last week, and I really want to stress and overstress what he said because he made a very, very good point. And I'm sure you get this day in and day out, Phil, is that there's nothing wrong with asking for help. That doesn't belittle you. That doesn't make you any less. That doesn't anything. That's what help is out there for, is to help. And don't be afraid or don't be embarrassed to ask for help. That's what your job is all about, isn't it, Phil? Yeah. All right. And I'll help. And some, most of the times, all I'm doing is directing you to a place for the, to get the help uh, and, and let you know about resources that are available. Um, and, you know, I, I've had a couple of friends that have suffered some pretty uh, intense uh, PTSD. Uh, one of them was... Uh, was at the mess hall in Mosul when a guy wearing a exploding vest came in and blew himself up in the middle of the uh, mess hall, killed a bunch of our folks. Um, another one that had gone out, <clears throat> you know, he had over 50 missions outside the wire in, in Iraq. Um, and, uh, you know, I had to tell him, look, you know, if if they sent you off and, and you hurt your leg, then they'd be responsible for fixing your leg. If they send you out and, fix, and hurt your brain, they're responsible for fixing your brain. It's not any different than any other organ. It's different, but it, it has the same status. But have you, uh, have, in your experience, have you run across people that, are embarrassed and are reluctant to ask for help because they think oh, yeah. that both, both of these guys were reluctant and I referred both of them uh, I asked them to go check in at uh, community mental health there <coughs> uh, the one fella uh, we were at Fort Rucker and he went uh, at lunchtime to talk to the uh, to the community mental health people there and uh Next thing I know, he was on a, a plane to Augusta to Eisenhower Army Medical Center, uh, and they asked me to pack up his room and get his stuff to him. Wow. And I, I so, guess, pardon me. Yeah, they, they, they recognized the, the deep trauma that he had suffered, and, uh, and so he was, uh, you know, they got him straight to where he could get help. And uh, I... Assume that the other thing is, if you're a vet, and whether you're surfing any anything or not, knowingly or not knowingly, is that 
join one of the organizations where you'll meet folks that have been there and done that just like you did. And you'll find that it's a lot easier to talk to somebody that's been there and done that. And you can lay your cards out on the table and and they'll know where the deck is and they can talk to you. And it's, you know, what, what's the old saying about getting a getting the load off your chest, you know? And uh, a, a vet finds it much easier to talk to another vet than to try to even talk to a family member. And so... You're absolutely right there, David. And uh, I've had, you know, guys that, you know, some, I've had family members come to me and say, well, you know, the, Uncle Joe or whatever, he, he won't talk to anybody about it. He'll come talk to me about it. You know, he he didn't want to talk to them because they hadn't been there and it that didn't mean anything. He couldn't he couldn't possibly understand. But it, he'll tell me his whole story because he knows I've been, you know, in similar situations. And you know, uh, I, I'm I can't really put my finger on what it is, but uh, you know, if you if you train for combat, uh, whether or not you ever been there. You know, you you speak a language that you know only only warriors really understand. And you know, it's so vitally important to talk it out. You know, and you're right. I, I <laughs> it's sort of like the what they had in Vietnam and. Uh, uh, the Hanoi Hilton and, and other prison of war camps, prisoner of war camps, where they had the uh, tap code, and uh, yeah. you know that was that was their own code. And I would almost bet you that uh, someone that was a POW in in Nam could still today sit with another veteran that was a POW in Nam and uh, use the tap code. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's... How original is that? If they had used Morse code, that wouldn't have been a secret. Everybody would have, you know, the Viet Cong would have known it as, as well as anybody else, so you couldn't have kept the security on it. But coming up with your own tap code... How, what kind of initiative is that? That's American initiative. Yeah, it was uh, genius, and you know what's probably more amazing is their ability to train each other. You know, being isolated the way they were, and it worked. And you know, this this I, I've had POWs tell me that. The tap code was part of what helped them get through, was that, you know, they couldn't literally talk to their fellow prisoners, but they could tap message and talk to them. And it wasn't like they were, they were alone, but they weren't totally alone. And I just, I'm amazed at the ones that spent so much time in the Hanoi Hilton. And, you know, I guess... Phil, you certainly want your comment on this, but between Vietnam 
and I guess this was true really in Korea, but Vietnam particularly, and the Middle East, I, I'm just, I'm continually blown away at, at what humanity can do to humanity. How one human can do the things to another human that have been done in wars. Well, and, and we're learning about atrocities now in, uh, in Ukraine. Um, and these are against civilians. Uh, you know, there's a special kind of evil um, that, you know, sends your troops out to go do that kind of thing. At, uh, uh, you know, God will repay that. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, uh, you know, it, it's... And we wonder why people come back... <clears throat> Excuse me. That that have problems, but you, you see how one human can treat another human the way some of... some things that have happened, and... Uh, there's no other way to say it. It'll mess you up, and it does mess you up. And I don't think I, I think you hit it on the head, Phil, with that. There's just some evil devil, Satan, whatever you want to call it, that would make one person do that to another person, and they will get theirs in the end. But it's uh, it's a shame that. Uh, People have to witness it, uh, but they do, and that's uh, that's part of it. We're going to take our final break, and we'll be back with Lieutenant Colonel Retired Forrest, uh, Mr. Forsberg, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Philip Forsberg, right after this. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio, live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And I want to invite everybody to listen to the Classic Car Show. I know I get to at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning because I'm sitting in this chair and listening to Tom and Richard. And uh, they are two funny guys, but they know their classic cars inside, outside, and underneath them. I mean, they know their stuff. And then it's followed by the Classic Auto Mall, and that's one of the most amazing businesses that I've ever known of. And, uh, oh, by the way, Philip, I want to uh, throw a plug in, and we'll be doing a show starting very soon about this. We had um, two gentlemen on the other day, and uh, they, are, they have a product 
software product that is totally 100% bulletproof for voting. And uh, they're beginning to place it in some states, and this product, it can't, it can't be tinkered with, uh, there's can't be fraud, uh, and it's based on, actually, some of the software involved in the Georgia lottery. And you've never heard of the Georgia lottery or any other lottery, for that matter, being hacked because of the security of the software. And this, they will be coming out with it, and it should be in place well before November the 22nd. And this is going to revolutionize voting. And they're going to be doing a show on Wednesdays at 10, 10 a.m., Wednesday mornings. And I look forward to working with them. They're, <laughs> they are so, you know, I, I can turn on the computer, and I feel pretty good about that, and that's about the extent of my technology. But they're so far in advance. Oh, oh, the most important thing is all of the folks involved in this corporation, guess what they are? Phil. Are they veterans? They're all veterans. And the head honcho, well, two of the head honchos, uh, guess where they got their training from? The military. So this is what the military can do. They, they saw the problem of 2020 voting. And they said, there's got to be an answer, and we're going to find it. And they have. And it's going to revolutionize voting. There won't be any of this mail fraud baloney. There won't be any of the stack deck stuff. You know, it'll be, it's, it's bulletproof. And if you, if you want to listen to them, it was on David's pick on Thursday morning at uh, 10 o'clock. You can go back in and, and check it out. And uh, it just, I sat there with my mouth and my tongue hanging out trying, you know, I, they're so far in advance of me that I shouldn't have been sitting in the same room. But they know what they're talking about. They've got the product. They've proven the product. It's not like it's a dream. It is proven at this point. And uh, it can't be broken into. It can't be hacked into. It can't be anything into it is totally 100% bulletproof. And we're going to, like I said, they're going to be starting a show with us uh, this coming Wednesday, as a matter of fact, at 10 a.m. So get the word out and uh, listen up. Things are changing. You'd be surprised that the only people that been, have been opposing them, uh, they happen to be of a political party. And they're the only ones that have had any negative things to say about this company and uh their their uh, logo is a jackass which most of them are and they have a d in front of their name and they're they're the only ones opposed to uh doing away with voter fraud well uh yeah and of course uh that you know but we have to realize that's just one avenue uh, that the enemies of our republic would take is that technology fraud. The other is, uh, you know, information fraud. 
uh, like perpetrated by the Washington Post and the New York Times a couple of years ago, uh, and now they're having to come clean. Uh, if anybody, you know, watches CNN, MSNBC, reads the New York Times or the Washington Post, uh, they really should be ashamed of themselves for uh, that kind of information fraud. I mean, you, you just know that you're, you're getting fraud when you, when you read when you read that or listen to that, it's just horrible. It is, but I, you know, I think slowly the aircraft carrier in the bathtub is beginning to turn. And it may be slower than we'd like, but I think it's beginning to turn and people are beginning to wake up to what's going on in our country. And slowly... They will make a difference. We we've always we've always been a comeback country, and uh, I think that will happen in the election, starting with the election in November uh, of this year. So we'll wait and see, I guess. Eternal vigilance is price of freedom. And you know, I. I, I can only address my situation, but I'm surrounded because I want to be. I'm surrounded by flags in my studio, and I look at each one of them. I've got small ones. I've got large ones, and it's my flag. It's my country, and I'm inspired every time I can glance at a flag and realize how many have died to keep us free and what that flag means and how important it is. Please, if you're a vet and you've got kids or grandkids, get them up on your lap and talk to them about the flag and what it means to be free and what you did in the military. You're our history book. True that. True that, David. Well, you know, and I was thinking lately about Desert Storm, Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and how it was really the last time we did a classic force-on-force across the front line kind of thing, sort of like World War II. Of course, uh, World War I was like that, but it was trenches and, you know, trading real estate back and forth over time and... uh, I think what we did was a little more, a uh, little more reminiscent of uh, the events in Europe after Normandy, uh, where it was just a steady push. Except, thanks to uh, our technology and uh, the bravery of our forces, the uh, it just moved a lot, a lot quicker. But you know, now what you have in uh, in uh, Ukraine is not a classic force on force. It's a, it's an urban warfare, uh, and uh, it's you know I'll tell you you know probably the the most uncomfortable any troops uh, in tanks feel is during urban warfare. I saw uh, little video coverage of uh, a whole field of uh, Soviet tanks each one without its turret. And uh, I decided to look at that and say, that's a nice shoot. 
you know, my question is, where is, you know, supposedly the U.S. is sending Ukraine a bunch of Russian tanks. Where did we get them? Oh, I would guess we probably got them from uh, some of the former uh, Warsaw Pact that uh, are not interested in having uh, Soviet-era uh, equipment Actually, Russian. Actually, after seeing what's happened to the Russian tanks, I don't think I'd be too interested in having one. <laughs> I can tell you that uh, Saddam had uh, T-64s and, and T-72s in his Republican Guard uh, during the uh, during Desert Storm, and they were severely outclassed by the M1 Abrams. Uh, it was uh, it was wasn't even close. Um, and it, and of course, you know, uh, force on force in open terrain. That's where that's where armored forces are. You know, that's where they want to be cut loose to do their their stuff. They they always want to bypass a village or a town, uh, any kind of built up urbanized area, because they. Uh, well, I mean, you can imagine the visibility in the tanks not very good, and if you got you know, deadly uh, missiles that could be, you know, uh, that could be fired at you from any window, uh, then uh, it, uh, just uh, an urbanized area is a very bad place to be driving a tank. You know, and, and no matter what anybody says, it's my personal opinion, and I haven't been in the Army in a long, long time, but we, we are still the best in the world, and we're trained better than anybody else. And even in urban warfare, nobody likes it, but we're probably the most highly trained in it of any, any Army in the world. Yeah, well, you know, we have whole villages we build on our military installations that are used for nothing but what we call military operation on urbanized terrain or mount. Uh, and, you know, troops will go through there, and they'll learn the lessons uh, without, you know, lethal force, and uh, they'll understand what they're up against. So, Phil, i, I, I got to thank you for another show where I finally caught myself in telling time and that we've got to go, and uh, <laughs> thank you again, All sir. Right, David. We'll be back with you, you next week. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.